There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy. From the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome to The Woke Man series with Luca Reedy, where the greatest case study on man is being created. I'm here with my man, Mike Firelife. Mike, how are you, brother? I'm excellent, bro. I'm excellent. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. We, we just were chatting for the, about the UFC for ages, and we thought we'd better get this underway. Man, where are you right now? I'm hanging out in Lexington, Kentucky. This is the gym where I do all of my uh, one-on-one and smaller group training. So yeah, wicked, man. It's the, af- it's the after hours here. It's yeah, the other pre- side of the clock from you. Yeah, I know, man. I appreciate your time. And uh, we were in Bali together, and that's how we got to meet. Um, but, you know, with everything with COVID, you went home, and, and, you know, you're settling in over there. But hopefully we see you back in Bali. Do you think we will? I'm ready. I'm yeah. so ready. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wicked, man. All right. Well, let's get underway. We're, <clears> I want to <throat> hear your journey, hear your perspective, because I've, I've watched you speak at a, an event that we both went to in Bali. Um, and, I, yeah, I really love your, your, the person you are, the, your nature. It's got a very magnetic, calming energy about you. And, and uh, I'm really excited to, to get underway with this with you, man. Thank you. I'm excited as well. So we've got quick fire questions. This is the quick fire round and um, we're just going to try and make this as quick as possible. I've done an interview where this took uh, quite some time because we ended up going down the path, but you know, let's just see where it goes. All right, brother. So first question, where did you grow up and where do you live now? Where did I grow up? So I moved around a lot as a kid. I was born in Western Kentucky, but we moved around often. Um, I am living currently in Lexington, Kentucky. So that's more of like central Kentucky. Yeah. And so where does Kentucky, where is Kentucky for the people that don't understand the geography of America? So if you have California on the West Coast, Florida on the East Coast, Texas, kind of in the middle on the South, Kentucky is between Texas and Florida right. and above Tennessee under Indiana. Okay, man. There you have a perfect picture. I like that. So what are you doing for a living right now? 
So I do a, a several different types of coaching. I do online. Well, right now, because of, you know, obviously with uh, quarantine, everybody's locked down here still. They're starting to slowly open some things up. But I've been doing all of my personal training online, uh, actually on Zoom. So a lot of Zoom calls, FaceTime mm-hmm. calls, helping people move their bodies. But I also do... Um, mentoring as well so i've got several clients and several masterminds that i mentor awesome and what are you mentoring on in that in that aspect um so i'm really helping these groups that i have running right now it's about creating clarity so helping them create clarity and uh so general and practical psychology is just tips and tools that have helped me to to go to work on myself uh, and, uh, and then with them, just really helping them. It's awesome because, you know, I have one person that might take the tools that I'm giving and, and go and create better results for their business. But another takes it and, and, you know, I had a guy reach out a couple of weeks ago and he was just like, dude, my marriage is on a level that it has never been on. He's like, I feel like I'm connecting and growing with my life with my wife like I'd never have. And um it's cool to see how you can take the same tool and just based on what your uh, what your intentions are with it, they can be used to create mm. different results. Mm, that's awesome, man. That's really cool. Yeah, and yeah. what's one thing you're really good at? One thing I'm really good at, that's a that's the hardest question in the world. Um, <laughs> I would say I'm really good at listening. I'm a good listener. Hmm. That's one thing. I've always really cared about people, so so listening definitely comes along with that. That's a that's I mean, a hard I, question for me. That's a good quality of a leader, man. Leaders, you know, what do they say? Leaders speak last. Right? Yeah, and uh, that's actually been a very common answer. Which is really, really interesting. Yeah, very common answer. That's cool. Now, cool. Cool. Uh, next question. What's your biggest fear? My biggest fear. Growing up, my biggest fear was something happening to my mom. That was something I really had. Mm. I really struggled with that for a long time. Just just always in fear of that. Um, I, luckily, I don't deal with it anymore. You know, I did a lot of work on, in that area. <clears throat> I would say now my, my biggest fear is... Um, I have this, so I have this cool little idea that at the end of my life, like I heard, I think it was Ed Milet talk about this. And he was saying, what if at the end of our lives, uh, we got to meet ourselves at our full potential. So end of the end of the life, end of the road, I get to meet myself as who I could have been. If I would have worked the hardest, if I would have you know, not back down from that scary opportunity or thing. If I wouldn't have taken the easy way out, you know, if I would have, if I would have made all those, those moves, you know, I look at myself and my full potential. Uh, and my worst fear would be to look at that person and, and realize that I look nothing like them. Like mm. I'm just this, this frail, pale, um, skeleton, of a man compared to, you know, what my potential was. Uh, so I would say that not, not reaching my full potential, not going and giving all of the, the fire and, the you know, everything mm. that I feel called to give, you know, to serve and give to the world. Mm. I think my biggest fear is that I would allow fear to keep me from giving those things. Mm, that's really powerful, man. 
really powerful. It's like the, the fear of not living your true potential. And it's interesting how it yeah. shifts. It's very interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. Next question. What's your favorite quote? My favorite quote. I have, I have lots of favorite quotes. Um, Hmm. progress equals happiness is definitely one that I come back to often. Um, you know, I think that, yeah, I come back to that one all the time and it's so simple, but it's so true. You know, if we're Mm -hmm. making, if we're making progress towards a worthwhile goal, there's going to be happiness involved. So Mm -hmm. anytime I'm feeling down, anytime I'm, you know, in a, in a tough spot, if I'm able to just, you know, take a second, take a breath and, and find some sort of progress, you know, where am I better today than I was yesterday? Mm -hmm. That's a bright spot. How can I create more of that? How can I continue that? Um, and how can I apply it to other areas? Yeah, man, that's it. It's like be better today than you were yesterday. Yeah. 1%. Respect that man. Uh, what is a conscious man to you? A conscious man to me, um, I love whenever you ask me that question, uh, man, that one lit me up. I, I was in the backyard playing with my nephews yeah. whenever I saw that question come through. And uh, I, I literally stopped. And I was like, hang on, guys. I need to think about this. <laughs> um, so, uh, man, a conscious man to me is a man who understands that he, he is not always right. Mm-hmm. He knows that he doesn't know everything. He understands that, um, that, that there's a lot of unlearning to do. Mm. Um, I think a conscious man is someone who is constantly um, open to, to outside mm. perspective and is constantly looking to better himself and grow. Um, like I, I responded to you that day, a conscious man to me is someone who has strong convictions that are loosely held. Yeah. I, I heard that quote and I, I wish I could remember who said that, but um, I, that, that one has really stuck with me. Strong convictions loosely held. That's a good, that's a, actually a good quote. That one, if you think about it, it's like, you have a firm belief in something, whether that's in yourself or a greater power or, you know, the way of your life, the way you operate in your life, but it's also the willingness to hear and listen to other people to understand that there might be actually a better way to know, like you said, like you don't know everything. Exactly. Exactly. And is any, is any truth always true? Like is any truth able to stand the test of time? Because, you know, I think there are a lot of things that were true, 50 years ago that aren't true today or even That's a year so ago that aren't true today. So if yeah. you're, if you're so caught up and stuck on, you know, your belief being the only true belief and only right belief, then I think that's the end of learning. It's the mm-hmm. end of growing. Mm-hmm. Totally, man. Couldn't agree more. What's one thing that challenges you right now? One thing that challenges me right now I would say um, there are a lot of things that challenge me right now, but um, the thing that challenges me right now. So I shared my, I shared a very vulnerable part of my story at that event that you spoke about earlier Mm. Uh, for the first time, you know, sharing about my sexual abuse as a kid. um, There are, there's so many layers, you know, that was, Mm. that was like 24 years ago. 
mm-hmm. and I'm 30 now. So yeah, like 23, 24 years ago. And um, there are still so many layers mm-hmm. of that that need to be peeled back and and need to to be explored. So I would say that's definitely the thing that's challenging me most mm-hmm. is is really just spending time with that, getting to know it, understanding that there have been a lot of decisions that I've made. There have, you know, I've shown up in certain ways because of that. Um, and now sitting with all of that, you know, that's, that's just a circumstance. It is what it is. I can't go back and change any of it, but I can sit here right now and decide if I want to continue forward with mm. it, you know? So I think mm-hmm. there were a lot of beliefs. There were a lot of actions that I took. There were a lot of actions that I didn't take because of that, um, that circumstance. Mm. And, um, yeah. So for me, just going and deciding, Hey, this is, this is what I don't want. And this is what I do. And just replacing those things. That's mm. definitely been, been a challenge. It's been a beautiful process yeah. to, to, to move through that. Yeah, it's beautiful that you can see it that way too. I mean, we're talking about the, the, what a conscious man is, is just being able to reflect on the opportunities and everything and understanding that it will be evolved. I like that. All right, man, we've got two more questions in the quick fire round. What does unconditional love mean to you? Unconditional love. <laughs> <laughs> um, unconditional love, man. The answer that comes to mind is pretty simple, but I mean, I think it is, I think it, it is love without bounds. It's love. It's, 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 I want to say unconditional, but Mm. (laughs) let's just throw in the question right back at you. Um, Unconditional love is loving someone for who they are Mm. and, and, like without expectation, I love you. And um, like you, bro, I love you. And I don't expect anything of you or from you. Um, I don't expect you to be a certain way. I don't expect you to meet a certain, you know, something or whatever. Um, Mm. Loving someone for who they are, where they are, as a fellow human being who is maybe, you know, working on themselves you know, just like, just like we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I like that. Do you believe in a greater power? This is the last one. I, I do. Mm. I do. High what power. Is, what is that to you? Oh man. So that is another something that I'm really exploring now. I grew up in a Christian home. My mom is a pastor and, uh, or was a pastor and, um, still is in some, some ways, you know, she's a pastor to somebody, but, um, yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home with, you know, obviously raised with Christian beliefs. Um, for me now, there's a lot that I'm just kind of exploring. I think it's our job, honestly. Mm. Um, I think it's our job to go and explore our beliefs and decide if they're really ours or if it was just mom and dad's belief Mm -hmm. that I was given. Um, so for me going and just exploring those beliefs, I believe that that we're not here on accident. I believe that I'm here and that I was given a purpose and I was put on this planet for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I've felt the connection with my creator. I've seen it in action, um, which mm-hmm. I've got some cool stories about. We can dive into another time. But um, 
yeah, I, I think that that relationship, you know, that I, I have this faith and this belief that there is that higher power, mm. whether it's a, a man, a woman, whether it's, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, whether it's the universe mm. or whatever. Um, I believe that there's, there's a higher something out there. And uh, yeah. it's just a matter of, yeah, what that really means to you through experience, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I'm wearing the, the a t-shirt I got here. God is a woman. I, I know. I noticed that whenever uh, we first got on. I was wondering <laughs> if, it, if it said God is a woman or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was, you know, like, it's a it's breaking down beliefs, you know, and that's why I bought it is because I think it's just to show that hey, you know, it could actually be different. We could actually yeah. be completely off target, but we could also be on. So it's just to like test the belief systems of society. Yeah. Cause somebody's going to see that and be like, no, he's not. Yeah. It's God funny. Is a, is a white man. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> many chicks come up to me actually down the street and be like, high five me. They're like, good shirt. Yeah. So yep. it's interesting. God is an alien. Yeah. I mean, it, really, what is that? So, all right, brother. <laughs> now we've got, we got some the main questions now. This is where we go into your story, go into your truth, go into how you unfolded. And it's going to be real, it's going to be raw, it's going to be very helpful to those people who really um, need, need this most, who are on the start of their journey. So are you ready to roll? Let's do it. All right, brother. So explain to us what your life looked like as, I use the term unwoke, to what it looks like now and how they differ. So my life unwoke looked like a pursuit of looked like a pursuit of an athletic career. Mm. I was I was I chased hardcore after uh, an NBA career my whole life. I was grinding towards that, and it was my only focus. Um, and um, the difference between then and now, I think, you know, whenever I started, whenever I started realizing that the NBA career wasn't going to be a thing, that was a hard transition, you know, to go mm. from, from college athlete, uh, semi-pro athlete to like, Hey, we need to go and put our focus elsewhere. Um, the difference between those two people, uh, I would say is my identity my identity was completely wrapped up in being uh, an NBA basketball player, playing for the Lakers with mm. Kobe. Um, rest in peace. Um, so my identity was completely wrapped up in being the athlete. That is how I, that's how my needs were met. You know, we have those six human needs and that's how my needs were met. You know, that's how I got my importance. It's how I got my love. Um, there was so much certainty that was wrapped up in that. And, uh, to have that, you know, to start to see that fade, it really started shaking, you know, it started shaking my life because mm -hmm. it's like, that is how I've like, if, if I, if it was a good day, if it was a bad day, um, whatever it was, you know, the answer was always basketball. So mm -hmm. it really forced me to start, you know, questioning, like, what is, what is life? Mm -hmm. Who am I, you know, yeah. am I just an athlete? No, no, I'm not mm -hmm. at all. Um, so I actually, I met my first mentor at the perfect time because it was at that time where I was, you know, I was at a point where I needed to start making that transition and I knew it, um, several injuries back to back to back, um, yeah. and just, just signs, you know, there were yeah. there like 
I was just having this conversation the other day. Nothing pisses me off like basketball. Like <laughs> I, I'm a very like chill person. I don't get mad. Like you can say all the, like you can talk about me all day. You can say all the your mama jokes and I'm just, it's all good, yeah. bro. Do you, but man, you get me on a basketball court and somebody calls a call that I don't agree with. And I'm like, it's really? time to fight. Like, like UFC 250 right here. <laughs> and, um, and it wasn't always that way, but I think that trying to hold on to something that I wasn't meant to hold on to for so long, I think there was just a lot of friction that over time was just really building up. So anytime that there was a little extra added in, it was just like World War Three. Um, so yeah, the difference between him and me now is I took all of the effort and attention and energy that I was giving to being the athlete. And I have spread it evenly mm-hmm. um, or as evenly as evenly as uh, I know how uh, at the current moment into all the areas of my life, you know, mm-hmm. so I've spread it into my spiritual world. I've spread it into my, my business, into financials, into, you know, all the other areas mm-hmm. uh, that that are me into my own personal development, into my own emotional development. And uh, man, you talk about an explosion of growth. Wow. Um, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, that the beginning of my personal development journey, because all of that energy that I had been putting over here in the athlete, um, taking that away and giving it to everything else. It was just like this side, all the other areas of me were just starving, yeah. starving for, for attention, starving for water and nourishment. And when they started getting them, it was just like an explosion yeah wow man that's interesting so you like almost just like detached from that identity and sort of saw a bigger picture and you're like oh there is actually more here and it's like i'm gonna go go after that yeah yeah like lewis house talks about the the mass i don't know if you've read the mask of masculinity no um bro it's good bro oh man um, I'll read it again. I'm going to read that one. I've read it twice already. I'll read that wow. one again. And I highly, highly recommend it for all the guys listening. Um, okay. He has. Uh, he just talks about these different masks that, that we put on as men. Um, and one of those masks is the athlete's mask. And um, yeah, so, so peeling that mask off really forced me mm-hmm. to see, you know, it's pain, it can be painful, you know, to look and realize, man, I've spent my whole life ignoring all of these other areas of who I am or who I could be. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be painful uh, or it could be exciting and it can be exciting. You know, mm. um, it can be a little bit of both. For me, it was exciting because it mm. was like, oh, okay, game on. You know, mm, now, wow. now this is this is where I can go and I can grow. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, it's been it's a beautiful you- journey. Yeah, putting that power into that next part of you and just accepting it, like radical responsibility. All right, this is where I'm going. Let's do it. Yeah. I like that, man. That's cool. All right. So what during, I mean, I mean, this might be the case now, but during that period of being an athlete, going through your identity crisis, did you, what was your biggest vice? My biggest vice during that time, man, I would say my biggest vice was and I think that it has to do with uh, with uh, sexual abuse as well. You know, mm. for me, um, there was a phase where I I I wonder like does does that make me gay? You know, I was mm. abused as a kid. Does that make me gay? Um, 
And in order to combat those thoughts, it was like, I've got to be the best athlete I can be. I've got to, uh, you know, I've got to prove myself on the court. That's how I can make sure that nobody ever thinks that I'm gay. Nobody ever questions me is by being the best athlete. Um, another way was, um, you know, because of, like when I got to college, all of my teammates were all about the ladies. And it was like, uh, like a competition between them. You know, for me, I was so laser focused on sports all of my, you know, all of my life up into college that I never paid attention to, to girls, you know, um, it wasn't until my senior year that I really started, you know, dating and, or wanting to date or, you know, giving girls attention. But, Mm. um, you know, so getting into college, seeing all the senior guys and just how, like how much they bragged about like this hot girl and, and that, uh, and wanting to fit in, I would say another vice was definitely, um, was, was women. Um, Mm. yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, I can relate to that for sure. And is that and that led to Kiga? That led to um, you know, that was like another I think it led to another outlet for me to to combat those those thoughts that I had, you know, because I wasn't talking to anyone about that trauma, you know, that childhood trauma. Yeah. It was like, man, I like all the girls like me, all the girls want me. Um, I, you know, I'm like I can get whatever, whoever I want. Um, and, the and the older teammates, they know it, they see it, they respect me for it. They think mm. I'm the man. Um, and, you know, so that was another way for me to, I think, avoid that, that darkness, you know, mm. that was there, that, that situation. Mm. Is that still something that's prevalent in your life at the moment or it's subsided? No, no. I realized I think I started realizing it didn't last very long. You know, yeah. I started real. First of all, I started realizing that the people I was trying to impress weren't people that I wanted to be like. Yeah. Um, and even like that didn't even last a semester. Wow. You know, it was like you know, I'm trying to impress these guys. That when I look at like how they think and how they act and how they treat people, is like I don't really care to be like that. Yeah. Um. um yeah. So no, it, it's definitely not something that I, that I, that I like that mask, that sexual mask, that's another mask in the book actually. Uh, um, you know, so that mask is, it, it wasn't on for very long. Yeah. 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 I've definitely had those spices for sure, man. So it's really cool to see your transition through that. So, you know, growing, going through all that period, your journey, your conscious journey, there's a lot of emotions that you would have encountered. I've got five emotions that I list down in this interview because I think that's where the most five, the strongest five emotions are within men and masculinity. And that's anxiety, shame, guilt, fear, and anger, anxiety, mm-hmm. shame, guilt, fear, and anger, which one of those or which of those challenged you most? Anxiety, fear, guilt, shame, anger. I would say fear and guilt. Mm. Yeah. Thinking about it, I would say fear and guilt. Um, There was like the fear, obviously, like I told you, you know, I had this, this massive fear of, of something happening to my mom growing up. 
Um, I had this fear of like, um, like what if people find out about the sexual abuse? What if Mm. people find out, you know, about that? Um, there was guilt, um, or shame. I would say, yeah, shame about it. I was shameful that that happened to me, Mm. you know, like why, like, like, could I have like, like stopped that, you know, is it my fault? Um, Mm. you know, whatever the case. Mm. So I think there was definitely fear and shame around that. Mm. And it was connected. And then you definitely like you made the connection between that and something that had that emotion and something happening to you in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you found forgiveness for, for that? And, and, or have you, have you allowed that to sort of be released from, from yourself and your, your mind and your thoughts and your emotions? Oh, for sure. You know, I look back and, and, you know, six-year-old me had no clue what was going on. You know, it was, it was a, someone who was close to the family, you know, somebody mm-hmm. that I knew and trusted. And, you know, so to be tricked into to things like that, that wasn't my fault. Yeah. Um, and um, so I can't be mad at six, seven-year-old me yeah. for, for not understanding what was going on, what was happening. Uh, um, and it wouldn't serve me to be mad at, yeah. at six, seven-year-old me. Uh, yeah. So I've definitely, definitely done that work. And actually, you know, I, I had a conversation um, with um, a really good friend of mine uh, just a couple of days ago, and she uh, she sent me a message. We we were talking about that, and she was, she just sent me a message uh, and really let like really made me feel loved and cared about uh, because she just talked about how, you know, exactly that, you know, it's not your fault. You know, you didn't choose to be sexually abused. You didn't choose that. It doesn't Mm. make you gay. It doesn't mean anything about you. Um, and you don't have to, you don't have to hold on to that. And, you know, it was already something that I had worked through, but even still, you know, just to hear that from somebody that I really care about was, was really powerful. Yeah. uh, and awesome, awesome permission to, to yeah. hear if it was ever needed. That's a nice friend, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah and she's, she's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, it's good to have people like that, you know, that's, that encourage you and see the beauty in you, no matter what. Yeah. That's unconditional, right? Uncon- yeah, as I was say, unconditional. So our next question is, who love did you crave, whose love did you crave most growing up and who did you have to be to get it? Whose love that I crave the most growing up? I would say my mom's mm. for sure. Uh, my mom has always been like the hero to me. Uh, my my biological father has never been around. Um, he left before I was born. Um, so it was, you know, it was mom all the way. And um, who did I have to be to get it? Um, I think that there was some perfection involved. You know, mm. if it wasn't done right, it had to be done again and again until it was right. Um, wow. I think that I, um, I think a part of me being an athlete was to, to like make her proud. And, yeah. um, but then at the same time, I think, um, I think a lot of me being an athlete was because my biological father was, was an athlete and, you know, four sport athlete and, um, and that's really all I know about him. So I think a big part of, of the athlete thing was me looking to maybe connect with him. Yeah. Um, like if he came yeah. back into your life, you'd be proud of you. 
He'd be like, hey, look, I did the thing that you son. did and I did yes. it really well. Yeah. yeah. Be proud, you know. Mm, I feel you, man. It's, and when you look at it that way, you're just like, I, I thank my experiences because it gave me the pursuit to be someone or something because it gave me ambition. It gave me drive, uh, you know, which are qualities that I think we need to all adapt is to see the opportunities in something in a healthy way. And, and obviously you see it in a healthy way now because it can get quite unhealthy, but at the end yeah. of the day, everything does happen for us. And, and yeah, I can see you have the perfect attitude with that. And that, that is in your mindset. Yeah, it's so, a beautiful life is happening for us, yeah, man. not to us. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to see that sometimes when you're really in that shitty sh- like moment or that, that situation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think you and I can both agree from experience and hindsight, it's, it's always happening for us to just to trust and just sink into that moment and go, okay, I just got to be who I'm meant to be right now. And I'm going to do my best. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's like, where's the bright spot in this? Um, mm. And, and, you know, what can I be grateful for? Mm. And I think that 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 gratitude, I call it the gratitude muscle, just like any other muscle, you have to exercise it. You have to to put it under some force, under some stress in order to to help it grow. So in those moments where it's like life sucks, life is like, why is this happening to me? Like to to take a step back, become the observer and, you know, just take a deep breath and say, okay. Obviously, I, I wouldn't choose this situation, but I'm yeah. here. It's factual. I'm here, and it's happening. So, what's what's the lesson to be learned? Where? How can I be grateful? What can I be grateful for? Uh, and every repetition of that, you get better and better and better at it, to the point where it's just first nature. It's yeah. literally like, oh, something happened. Oh, okay, that's inconvenient. How can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? How will yeah. I move forward? Yeah, yeah, totally, man. That's that's powerful, brother. So let's talk about your um, w- one of the lowest points in your life. Like, I, I want to go down into the pit, and for a lot of men, I know we've all been there, and it looks very different for a lot of people. But can you ex- can you talk to us about what the lowest point in your life was, and was suicide a factor in? Did it ever cross your mind going through these moments? Um, it's interesting that you bring that up because I was actually the same friend I was talking about earlier. I, I shared that with her and it was the first time that I'd have ever like shared that I had like suicidal thoughts before. I'd never mm. shared that with anyone, uh, because it was never, it was never like, uh, sitting there with like a gun to my head, like crying, like you see on TV type of thing. Mm. It was just like, like a, like a momentary, like, man, it would be easier if I just wasn't living. It'd be easier if I just didn't have to deal with this. And then it's like, like, whoa, that was dark. And then just mm. move back, you know, jump back on course. So it's never been something that I've struggled with, mm-hmm. but they've definitely been there. You know, yeah. those, those, those thoughts that pop up. Um, so I can definitely say yes to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was something that I would never have admitted, you know, just, uh, just a year ago, even just a couple months ago, obviously I'd never shared it with anybody before, yeah. but, um, yeah, yeah. So I can definitely say I that, that, that there have been those moments for sure. For sure. And I think it's something that needs to be talked about, yeah. you know, and to be, to be normalized and just say, yeah. Hey, it's okay to have like some dark thoughts sometimes. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean anything about you. It doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. Um, but to be able to express it and to have like, even if it's just one person that you yeah. feel safe 
sharing those type of things with that expressing that and being able to to get it out there and explore it maybe uh could be the difference between it just being like a a thought for a second turning into like i'm actually sitting here like planning out how i'm gonna you know kill myself Mm. i think that being able to express it is is how we we prevent life from Mm. going to that place yeah um Yeah, the the darkest part, you know, the darkest time for me, I would say, was that transition between uh, the athlete and what was after, you know, what came after that. uh, I think that that mask was holding a lot behind it, you know, all of the all of the trauma, all of the fear, all of the doubt, all of the, um, you know, everything everything was behind that mask. So, so peeling it, ripping it off, you know, that was, it was hard. It was Mm -hmm. tough. Um, and I had a lot of help along the way. Great. Uh, gratefully, thankfully I had a lot of help along the way. That was where the mentor came in, right? Yeah. With, with mentors, um, with good friends that were there with their, uh, that were there and loved me through it, you know, unconditional love again. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, the darkest part I would say was that transition between, you know, I'm I'm an athlete. I'm all in. I'm going to play in the NBA. To that's not what I'm called to do. Yeah. And um, you know, and it actually came in a moment where um, that that mask got ripped off real quick. And uh, I was I'm really proud of the moment. You know, I got offered a contract to go play for a pro team out in Australia, and uh, you know, I spent my life working for that, you know, and they were telling me all the things like, this is what you're going to get. This is how much we're going to pay you. This is the house we're going to put you up in, in the car. You'll be able to, to, yeah, all the things. Um, and sitting there on that phone call with the coach and he's an awesome guy. You know, I really, I is actually somebody I look forward to playing for and learning from. And, um, I called my mom before I got on the phone with him. And I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I, I don't think I'm supposed to to accept this contract. Wow. I was like, she's like, do what? And I was like, I think I'm gonna say no to this. You know, I had started um I had started my online coaching business um prior to that, you know, so I had se- I had several people that I was helping on their journey. Um I had several, several clients that were just absolutely crushing it, uh, that I was pouring into, not just on the fitness side, but then also on the mindset side, you know, taking the things that I was learning that was having an impact on my world and sharing mm. it with them and getting to walk with them through the things that they were that they were growing through. And um and I realized this is where I'm meant to be. Wow, this man. is this is what I'm meant to be giving to the world. And um and you know, I'd never, I'd never experienced so much growth in my life. I had never experienced so much, so many breakthroughs in such a short amount of time as I had whenever I started working with my mentors and soaking all of that wow. up and taking action in my own life. Uh, so I told my mom that I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to accept this contract. And she said, Oh, thank God. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, like I've been feeling for the, you know, since you told me that that was, that might be a thing. I've been feeling like you weren't supposed to to say yes to it. She was like, I just didn't want to tell you that because I know how hard you've worked your whole life for that moment. Um, So she was like, I I agree with you. I don't think you're supposed to go that route. I think that you're supposed to continue on the route you're going. And uh, I got on that phone with that coach and I explained to him why I couldn't say yes to his offer. And uh, he, he told me that he said, son, 
I am so proud of you. Wow. He was like, I want you on my team really, really bad. I really want you to come play for me, but I know that you have bigger things ahead wow. of you. And I'm really excited. And he, and he calls and he checks in on me every now and then still, you know, still to this day. So wow. uh, that's that, awesome, was a, that was a big moment. That yeah. is a huge moment. So that's, that's, I mean, that sort of ties into my next question was, was there a significant moment of awakening? And that, that definitely sounds like it was the one because you, you're like, um, you made in that moment, you actually tuned into what, uh, and there was like an intuitive voice saying to you, I don't think this is it. And so having that awareness and listening to that, and then your mum supporting that was like validation to go, Hey, I meant to be, you know, doing what you're doing now. Um, just out of curiosity, was that an NBL team in, in Oz, was it? Yeah, yeah. Who was it? Um, that was the Gold Coast. What were they called? Gold Coast. can't remember what the name was. Gold yeah. Coast something. They're up in Brizzy. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Ah, oh, cool. Um, all right, bro. So that's a very interesting story, man. Like really making that decision, something that you've been tr- training so hard for your whole life and then go, eh. I've got an opportunity, but I'm not going to take it because my heart's calling me elsewhere. That's big. That's big, yeah, man. That was definitely a, a great awakening for sure. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough one. I'm I'm very proud of myself yeah, for that for decision, sure, though. For sure, that that speaks a lot about what you're doing now, for sure. And so, yeah. was was uh, you talk about like you've done a lot of work on yourself? Was healing a part of this journey that you've been on? And and if so, like what was something, what was like a modality that you use most to, that you found significant for your own healing? So I would say being introduced to Tony Robbins and mm. all of the work that he has done and that he's doing, I would say that's been a huge, huge part of my journey you know yeah. he's just dropped so much so much knowledge into my world and um very very grateful for him mm-hmm. he's a big inspiration for me you know whenever i think about like the kind of impact that i want to have moving forward it's definitely uh definitely tony robbins like mm-hmm. um as far as a modality there've been there've been several but i would say the biggest is probably just the the concept of becoming the observer you know to step to to spend time stepping back and observing mm. our thoughts mm-hmm. observing our beliefs and um i think that until we do that you know we can never realize who's driving our car you know mm. through life you know, because we have so many layers and layers and layers of of beliefs and thoughts and, and laws, you know, these mm. rules that we live life based on, uh, you know, that, that dictate whether we go left or right, whether we say yes or no. We have so much built up um, that is controlling and dictating our lives uh, that we don't even realize, you know, we mm. in the moment think I'm making this decision right now as 30-year-old Michael, you know, I'm making the decision when really, you know, it could be six-year-old Michael who, you know, who was hurt because of this specific thing. And now 30-year-old me uh, subconsciously is saying no, because it reminds me of that thing. And uh, until I take the time to peel back the layers and figure all the stuff out, you know, I'm not truly, 
I don't think we're truly adults until yeah. we do that. I don't think that we can be awake, you know, speaking yeah. of this, you know, I don't think we can be woke until we peel back the layers and really take the time to, to pick and choose our beliefs for ourselves. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't believe this just because mom believes it. I don't believe yeah. this just because so-and-so said I should believe it. Mm-hmm. I believe it because I have sat with it and I've, I've, I've felt, I've felt it. I've, I've, have a relationship, you know, Mm. with these beliefs, with these thoughts, and I'm choosing them uh, because I think that they're what's going to help me create what I want to create, go where I want to go, create the results I want to create. Yeah, man, that's, that's powerful. So it's like observation in the sense of internal reflection and Mm -hmm. seeing things for what they are and, and building a level of awareness inside yourself that says, this is my belief. And I feel good with that. This is their yeah. belief and I don't feel good with that. And so almost like having that discernment, a strong sense of discernment. Yeah. And even this is my belief. I feel good with that. That is their belief. That is their belief. That yeah. doesn't have to affect how I feel at all. Yeah. My thought about their belief can affect how I feel, but their belief is their belief. Yeah. And um, I was just having this conversation with a client earlier. It's whenever we, try to change someone else's beliefs whenever we try to change someone else that's whenever it creates conflict and stress in us we can't change anybody yeah um yeah man freaking that's that's beautiful man because i i think a lot of people listening to this right now that'll be a big challenge for them is is that uh perceived judgment on what others are doing and accepting them for who they are is a process. It is a journey. We will always be triggered by someone on this journey. And it's a matter of just Mm -hmm. literally accepting them for who they are and just going within yourself and just striving to become your best self. Mm -hmm. So you can learn how to, uh, I guess, build, become resilient in your environment. No, it's like so strong in your own foundation that, it's like if a, if a wind if a tornado was to come you'd be you'd have the deepest roots into the ground that anyone else around you would not have yeah. because you've done this internal work this reflection to go i am who i am yeah uh, it's becoming more durable uh yeah. less fragile i think a lot of people are walking this earth very very fragile volatile, and, and right? it's our very volatile yeah, yeah it's it's our job as men and women to become less and less fragile, you know? Um, And, and it really is, I think it all comes down to our thoughts, you know, Mm. it's, it's not what someone is doing that is triggering you. It's your Mm. thought about what they're doing. If you believe that, you know, so-and-so doing that one thing is an attack on you and, and it means something, then yeah, it's going to cause you to have a certain feeling, you know, and that feeling is going to cause you to take a certain action. And until you go back and, and explore that thought and decide, you know, does, is that really the thought that I want to keep? Is that really the thought that I want controlling my life? Uh, Does it serve me? Hmm. If, if no, then it's time to replace it. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's powerful. Uh, so we've got a couple more questions, three more. The, the next one cool. is, a, is a pretty uh, prominent one with, with shifting in your life, with change, with personal change, and that is your friend group. So, mm-hmm. you know, you think about your journey from unwoke to woke, say, using those words as you become more conscious. Did your friend group change? And, and if so, how did you deal with that? 100%. <laughs> I, um, 
Yeah, I don't think that you can go on this. I don't, so I heard someone say something uh, that I'm still not sure. Hmm, well, yeah, um, I heard someone say something. He was saying that your friend, your friend group, your peer group should change like mm. every five or 10 years. Interesting. Um, yeah. And, and it was interesting the way that he, that he approached it. Um, you know, he was saying, you know, we, you know, as people committed to constant growth and development, you know, I don't ever want to be sitting still. Um, I want to be learning. I want to be growing. Yeah. I, I want to be, I want to be grateful and content. You know, I'm happy. I'm proud of where I am right now and who I am right now, but I'm not done growing. I'm not done bettering myself. And because of that, I'm always going to be moving in a direction and it is not guaranteed that the people that are in my life right now are going to want to go in that same direction. Yeah. Um, and again, back to the thoughts, if I have this thought that my peers should go in the same direction that I'm going, then you can pretty much guarantee that that's going to cause some, some trouble along yeah. the way, because you're either going to, not grow because you try to stay where your peers are, or you're going to try to force your peers to go and make the same decisions, to think the same thoughts, to do mm. the same things you're doing. And they're not going to want to do that. Eventually it's going to cause some, some, some drama. Yeah. So, you know, to understand, Hey, I am growing, I'm growing on this journey and, and it's not guaranteed that anybody that I'm friends with that I, that I have in my circle right now, it's not guaranteed that they're going to go with me yeah. and I'm okay with that. It doesn't mean that I don't love them. It doesn't mean that they don't love me. It doesn't mean that when we cross paths again, we can't be so excited and give the biggest hugs, um, and, and love each other and celebrate each other's growth. Mm. Um, but I just have to be okay with the fact that people are going to go in other directions. Yeah. So for me, um, when I started my, my growth journey, there was definitely, man, I feel like I went from having just this mass, like I had so many friends, yeah. uh, which is funny because as a, as a, you know, six-year-old me was to himself, I grew up in the country. So I was like climbing trees and playing in the, in the creeks and, you know, being a country boy. Um, and mm. I was very, very shy and very introverted. Uh, the move to Dallas, Texas uh, really threw me in the deep end. We were in the inner city in the hood. So I went from country boy to in the middle of the ghetto and mm. had to learn how to swim, had to learn how to survive. And I became an extrovert through that funny enough. Mm. Um, but so, you know, going on this growth journey, um, my friend group went from thousands to a very, very, very small circle. Mm. You know, there were only a couple of people that I would call my friend in that time. Um, and it was lonely at first. Yeah. It was yeah. very lonely at first. And I would try to go back into the masses, you know, try to go back and live the old lifestyle, try to go back and, you know, be in the, in the same places. And, and it was good to see the old friends, but they're, what's, I always say this, what's seen can't be unseen. Mm -hmm. So, because I knew that I've got these beliefs now, I've got this mission that I'm on um, and I can sit that down if I want to, I can sit it down, but mm -hmm. I can't unsee it. Uh, I can go back over here and I can try to step back into the old things, but I, I have this, this pull 
mm. back towards that calling. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, I definitely, I definitely experienced a letting go. It wasn't yeah. like I had to go and cut all my friends off. It was just like, Hey, I decided to go in a duff in a different direction and they kept going in the direction that they were going in. So I don't believe that we have to cut friends off in order to grow. Yeah. Um, I think they'll either just kind of coast along in their own direction or they'll cut themselves off yeah. because, um, I think, um, reference, you know, if we're in a blank room, you know, if everything is white, uh, and it's just me and you, the only point of reference I have is you. So mm -hmm. if we're both sitting still, no movement, but as soon as you start elevating, I'm like, Whoa, how'd you get up there? You know? <laughs> so I think that that's a, a really good example for this, this development journey and our relationships in that um, whenever we start growing, the people that are around us, they have a couple of choices. They can either grow with us, they, or they're gonna sit and stay the same or get worse. Um, they'll either look away because looking up at us growing and doing better for ourselves makes them feel uncomfortable or they'll cut us off themselves. Yeah. So, you know, cutting people yeah. off isn't something that we have to think about. Yeah, that's that's a good point, man. It's like just stay in your own lane and and make that lane the lane that makes you feel the best. And yeah, it is it's yeah. quality over quantity, man. Like I used to say this exactly. like 30, 30 people, 30 blokes in your Instagram photo say I'm having a wicked Sunday sesh down the bar on, you know, on a Sunday afternoon does not determine that you have deep happiness within that you have a deep connection with them because when those 20 mm -hmm. guys go, 30 guys go home, you go back to your house. Are you by yourself? Are you unhappy with who you see in the mirror? Are you unhappy with what you've achieved in mm -hmm. life? You still have to face all that. So you want those yep. people around you, whether it's 30 or three, doesn't matter. Just make sure that they invest in your best self and they see you and accept mm -hmm. you for who you are. Yeah. And they're doing the same for themselves. They're investing in themselves. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that, the the you know letting go of the many yeah letting go of like all of the friends yeah. was lonely because yeah. i went back and i only had a couple but what i started realizing was that just the couple that i had those were like those were like real friends those mm -hmm. were the people that i had the deepest conversations with those were the people that i felt the most loved by and the most connected to mm -hmm. and um and those relationships because i wasn't going and, and expending all of my energy and attention on all of the other relationships and friendships. Um, because I pulled back my energy, I was able to give those few relationships more. Yeah. And those relationships grew so deep and so, so much wow. stronger. So the quality of my relationships shot up exponentially. Wow. Um, the, the quantity pulled, pulled in, you know, it pulled in and the depth that I was able to go through, go to with those others really mm. just went real, real deep, beautifully deep. Wow, man. That's really cool. So yeah. what, what part of this journey are you most grateful for, man? Part of this journey am I most grateful for? Man, I would say getting to know myself. Mm. It's been, it's been so much fun, you know? to get to know me, the true me, and I'm still doing it every single day. I'm still peeling back layers. I'm still getting rid of what doesn't serve me and replacing mm. it with what does. Um, yeah, I think that that's, for me, what I'm most grateful for, mm. to be able to, to really feel like I'm being true to me. 
and and I'm and I'm I'm okay with the fact that some people aren't going to like that. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with the fact that some people aren't going to want to be my friend and some people aren't going to want to go on the journey with me mm-hmm. uh, because I have that I've already experienced it. You know, I know that the people who do want to be my friend, the people who do want to go on the journey, it's going to be that those relationships are going to be so much, so much, but honestly, so much better than Mm -hmm. just the surface level bullshit that I was, you know, that, that we do, um, a lot of times before we start this journey. Um, so it's just so worth it. And the impact that's what drives me, you know, is impact to know that that the impact that I'm going to have because I'm getting to know my true self because I'm becoming more and more willing to step into my truth yeah. and share my story and share what I'm learning and how I'm growing yeah. um and and knowing that that's going to that's going to light someone else up just like I've been lit up to know that I'm going to be able to go and inspire and kind of pass on that flame and light that torch in someone else's life so they can go and do it in other people's Mm. lives. That right there, man, it's, it's, that's, that's, that's the fire in my belly. The service, man, the service, the appreciation that you can be of service. That's a, that's a, um, I think we're on the same page there, man. It's like grateful for that. We have this awareness, right? That we have, we are who we are. Like we're so grateful that we've come this far. That's cool, man. So look, we got the last question, and I know it's probably getting late for you over there. So we'll finish this one off. It's been such a beautiful uh, podcast with you, man, and, and I'm glad, grateful that you've you've shared what you have so far. But what's one tip that you would give your old self who is just starting this journey? One tip that I would give my old self. It's tough because I have two, so maybe mm. I'll break the okay. rules. Sure, let's do the it. rules, make my own. Yeah, um, that's it. But I would say that um, the advice that I would give younger me would be to seek mentor, to seek a mentor, mentorship, and to not worry about what other people think. Uh, <laughs> to, to listen, to uh... listen to this thing, and 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 to go with it, to trust mm-hmm. myself. And, and, um, yeah, I think I spent a lot of time thinking about what other people were thinking about me and worried, you know, what will they think if I do this? What will they think if I do that? And I heard, you know, this quote and and it was basically just saying in our twenties, we, we worry about what people think of us Mm. in our, I think it was like in our forties, we, um, we stop caring what people think about us. Mm-hmm. And in our sixties, we realized no one was ever really thinking about us all along. Wow, yeah. So, you know, I think that we, we, we want it, we make ourselves the star of the show. It's, it's, it's human. It's very human of us. We are the center of the universe and we think that everybody is paying attention and watching us. And it's just not the case. Mm. You know, it's, it's really just not the case. So mm. am I willing to allow this fear of what everyone of, of people not approving of me or of people, you know, not liking what I'm doing? Am I willing to allow that to keep me from serving even just that one person? Yeah. That one life that I could have an impact on, that I mm-hmm. can inspire, that I can let him or her know, Hey, you're not alone. Yeah. You're not alone. You're not going through this alone. Uh, I've got your back. You know, 
I am not willing to allow this, this false fear, you know, this, this, um, this false belief that people are thinking uh, and, and worried or, or judging me to keep me from reaching that person. Yeah. Uh, and I am willing to step up, step out, to be bold and give what I have to give in order to reach him, her, and as many of them as possible. Mm. Wow, man. Just leave it that. That was powerful, brother. Ciao. I really, I really love those last two, that, that last question, that answer there, because that, that is speaking to a lot of people, man. And I was like, if I had heard that, maybe I wouldn't have listened, but maybe I, you know, I'm hoping that a lot of people listening to this goes, I get it. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's just the right thing I need to hear because I see so many other men on the other side of this challenge right now that I'm facing. So thank you, brother. Thank you, man, yep. for just giving me your time and giving the listeners time, your time and your experience and, and being real, man, you, t- you spoke of stuff there that, you know, like you said, you've just barely started speaking about yourself and it's an honor to be able to uh, convey that part of you to other people. Bro, I'm so grateful for the opportunity and to, to get to spend some time with you. Yeah, man, that's it. I can't wait to see you back in Bali. But, you know, in the, in the meantime, this, this, this project that I'm doing is a big, uh, I have to thank you and, and all the other men that are making this possible because imagine what's going to happen when we have 100 men formulating a pattern of what it takes to become a better man, really. That's the end. Of, that's the goal, right? It's just to become a better person. Going to light this world up. Light it up, baby. But thank you, brother. And, and, and keep doing what you're doing, man. I love you heaps. Oh, bro, I love you too, man. And you do the same. Take care, man. Whoa, man. Bring love and just be. I got love in my eyes, bro. I can't see. I'm going to be who I'm destined to be. Wokeness is taking my old self away. Yeah, I put love into me. I'm spreading that love. Yo, don't you see? Grab your cacao and drink it with me. Because wokeness is taking my old self away. Woke man. Wokey, woke man. Woke man. Wokey, woke man. Woke man. Wokey, woke man. Bring love and just be. Woke man. Wokey, woke man. Woke man. Wokey, woke man. Woke man. Wokey, woke man. Bring love and just be.